Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Phoenix. Welcome back to a new episode of Rise Again Podcast. On this week's episode, I am sitting down with the singer and songwriter, Annie Campbell. Now, I'm really excited to talk with Annie, uh, somebody I've been wanting to speak with for a while. And honestly, it's just one of those stories um, that I'm excited for you guys to hear. Annie uh, is a true and true, honestly, artist and has a similar artist story that like you would want to tear out of a page of a book or, you know, write a script for a movie because some of these kind of things that I heard from this conversation are very like, man, like, I can't believe, I can't believe this happened. Like, it's it's so wild. And honestly, one of the big things that I heard from this or, you know, when talking with Annie was just um, why it's important to always know that these roadblocks in life are lessons. And that's really the biggest thing for me um, when I when I'm hearing and talking with people is just some of these kind of how do we how do we move past certain things? How do we get around? Um, what direction are we going in? And how do we learn lessons from some of the moments in life where it feels like there shouldn't be a lesson that it just sucks? But, uh, you know, Annie does a really good job on explaining, you know, her story and why some of these kind of moments were ended up turning out to be the best thing. And so I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one. Um, man, any, anything besides that, I'm really thankful for you guys, man. Thank you for listening to the last episode with Fly Life in Space. Um, that means a lot, man. And so without further ado, man, I'm going to stop talking. I want to get into this, guys. This is the conversation with Annie Kemble. Let's get into it. Okay. Wow. It's official. It's official. <laughs> there we go. He told us and everything. I know. Love it. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Rise Game Podcast. Got a very special guest today, someone I've been wanting to get on for a long time because I've, I've heard about you so much and um, honestly listened to your music too. And uh, just very curious about just where you come from and your whole story and everything. But guys, we have Annie Kemble here, an amazing artist in the city. Um, just kind of starting things off. First of all, I want to say thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. And just kind of start off with you, you know, telling the people about yourself. Perfect. Well, thank you for having me. This is very exciting. I have not done many interviews, so this is a big deal for me. <laughs> um, so my name is Annie Kimball, and um, I am from Panora, Iowa, which is like an hour from Des Moines. Uh, I am based out of Des Moines now. I've lived here for, I think, almost four years. Um, I am a singer songwriter and um I am a performer, an artist, multimedia. Um, my biggest focus right now is music and songwriting. So I'm, I have one album out and put that out last year, and I'm working on another one. So yeah, that's awesome. And it's a, uh, it's very, uh, you know, you don't see. I feel like as far as a lot of artists that I know, like you see a lot of musicians here. Of course, like the on the musician side, like the jazz side, is very big here in Des Moines. Um, yeah. I know a lot of hip hop artists as well, but I honestly personally don't know a lot of singers and songwriters within the area. So I, I felt like when I found your music, I think through, I think through Billy, through, through Be Well, yeah. I found a, a future. And then I started like listening more and everything. I had heard of you before, but then like really diving in to different things and your music, which we, we can definitely get into, but yes. how, how has it been? How's the journey been for you? Kind of like when, when did this all start that you wanted to kind of focus on maybe, um, you know, singing more and songwriting and kind of that journey? Yeah. Um, so I think music has always like been a huge part of my life and a big part of who I am. Um, I think when I 
started going to college was like really the time that I was like, okay, this is something that I think I have to pursue. Otherwise I'm just going to lose my mind maybe. Um, so when I, I went to college at Southwestern Community College in Creston, um, they have a music program called the School for Music Vocations. I actually like signed up to go there at, and be a, uh, what was it, a child, like a a child, no, to be a teacher, like whatever, oh, early yeah. childhood education. Yeah. Um, and I auditioned like for choir there. Um, and they were like, you should be a music major and like convinced me to switch. Um, so that was cool. So that's why I ended up really doing music, um, from then on. But from there, I like, I studied jazz and classical piano and voice and, um, like it's vocational. So it's like super hands-on. I took like arranging classes and like drum lessons, bass lessons. Um, I like directed choirs and I took studio lessons and all kinds of stuff. It was honestly like a super intense experience, but, um, in the middle of nowhere. So there was like nothing else to do. And I do that on purpose to you, but, um, it was a super great experience and it gave me a ton of like tools, um, to be able to write. Cause I didn't really write a ton before that. I like a little bit here and there, but I was always really like unsure of it. Cause I didn't have any, um, theory knowledge, but, um, I always sang. And then I really started singing when I, after college, when I moved to Des Moines, when I was like 19 or whatever, um, I moved here and then I knew a couple musicians here through something I did in high school. I did like a so far sound session with um, a rapper, Pico DeSyco. I don't know if you know who oh, that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was my first. Uh, he was my first guest on this podcast. So. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Yeah. I met him when I was like 16 or 17, maybe. And I did like this random so far sounds performance where I sang backgrounds for him. And um, that was kind of like my in. I met a bunch of people. Um, in the Des Moines music scene. Um, one of them's name is Fred, Fred Gaddy, and he um, plays keys. And I knew that he had a band, basically, and this is right after I moved to Des Moines. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to his show and I'm going to walk up to him and be like, I want to be your singer, basically, because I didn't have a singer. And that's what I did. I went to their show and I was like, so what if you guys had a singer and what if it was me? And they're yeah. like, oh, it's a crazy like, idea. Let's, <laughs> yeah, what if that? So then um, I started working with them and um, they were really like my first um, experience having an actual, like playing with an actual band and making money off of music. Um, and we played all over in Des Moines. Um, and I did that for like years. I would say I got, I burnt myself out pretty bad on that. Um, but from there, I kind of realized like what songwriting style I wanted to move towards or just started putting it out there a little bit more so yeah what was the uh you know that turning point of like I'm sure even because looking at Des Moines it is a smaller yeah. city quote but even coming from a smaller program in a smaller town yeah. coming to a bigger city because I know a lot of people from smaller towns in Iowa when they get to Des Moines they're like wow mm -hmm. this is like the traffic and stuff like that you know like some of these things yeah. like what was it? Did it, were you kind of, was there a lot of nerves? Was there like um, self-doubt of some, you know, kind maybe like yeah. of going to even walking up being like, Hey, I want to be the singer of this band and stuff. Like, do yeah. you feel like confidence over that time? Or is that something that maybe took a little bit? Yeah. Um, I think, I think I was definitely super nervous. I think I, uh, 
there's always like that voice in the back of my head. I think there's like a, a certain element of like, um, like delusion maybe that I've been like working from for a while. <laughs> so it's like been helping me out, um, to just like go for it, I guess. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely like tons, like through my entire like young adult life, like self-doubt has been like such a big thing I've been battling. Um, but I think once I, once I got here and kind of like looked around and I was like, there's not a ton, like there, there's a lot happening musically, but not a ton of young people like doing something different. You know what I mean? Um, especially like in some of the like more jazz club type places that I played. Um, so I think there was an element of like knowing that I was like bringing something different to the table that gave me like more of a sense of confidence, I guess. I think bringing kind of stepping outside the box and bringing something a little bit yeah. different to a scene that may have not seen that, you know, kind of before. Yeah. I feel like it's important to like bring your own flavor and your own kind of style yeah. to whatever you do. And that's, uh, I think that's where confidence kind of comes from too, because as yeah. artists, you know, we're the most self-critical kind of people. Totally. So it's like, oh, you can do the slightest thing and like five people can hear it and be like, wow, that's amazing. Or see it. And that's amazing. And everything. And then in your head, you're like, yeah, but I could tweak this and do that. And right. And I hate it actually, but, um, yeah, no, I'm so hard on myself, like so self-critical too. So I agree with you on that hundred yeah. percent. So you yeah. did, you know, you start to tour some places around the city and stuff and start to, and that is one thing, you know, making money as an artist too, in like an area like Des Moines and everything. Like I, so I saw who put it out. I think it was like the Des Moines music coalition. They put yeah. out of like the stats of like what some average artists make and stuff yeah. I honestly didn't know that you could make like that being an artist here and like yeah I know some touring and different things and there's lots of bars that like pay and like all this kind of stuff but right. it's got to be a hard grind too and like you said it got tiring a little bit like mm -hmm. going spot to spot tonight then you have rehearsal then you got to go to this and I'm sure then you're still probably going to work another job somewhere else That's and everything right. yeah <laughs> No, it definitely can get super draining. I think the biggest, like the most draining part for me, because I love singing and I like would like to do it all the time. That's what like my whole thing is. But uh, I think it was like the content in which I like had that I had to produce in order to make the money was like the most draining part for me where it was like, you know, the paying gigs are the, the super long ones where you're like playing for three hours plus and like where you're playing what other people want to hear and not you know like covers and covers, yeah. like party songs and you know what I mean and it's like and being like that on stage like person that is bringing the energy and like it's just a lot more draining than going to work at Perkins you know what I mean so then oh, it was really? like why am I doing it yeah well I worked at the Perkins when I first moved here and that was when I was really starting to like perform a lot and so I was like performing a lot at night and then working super early there um so that was like a whoo how's it yeah, that's a back and forth that's really it was a lot I had a lot going on but um yeah no it does get draining and I think it's like a for I'm not a super I love talking to people um but I'm not really like outgoing in like a group yeah environment and I think uh the social aspect of being a musician is like one of the, a very draining th thing as well where it's like you know you're kind of expected to like talk to everyone and like you know and that, that's good and I can do that every now and then but when it's a weekly thing or sometimes a couple times a week 
Yeah. Just want to hide. <laughs> oh, really? It's like a social media. I always joke. It's like there's this like bar, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like a health bar and like a video game yeah. or something. And it's like yeah. you get in a couple jabs in and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> Right. down a little bit and it's like I can only personally like mm -hmm. you know I love doing like podcasts and I love networking and doing all that kind of stuff and going to shows and everything but like if I talk I am very much more a one-on-one -on -one person of conversation yeah. than like mm -hmm. a group kind of setting yeah I don't know why I think it's just it's like it's like an extroverted introvert in a way yes. you know like yeah I definitely could get that and and then having gosh to have to go from there then go do some serving at Perkins and stuff, which is, that's the whole other aspect of, that's a Too much. crazy, this. it's a crazy place, man. Yeah. I think I aged like 10 years in like the <laughs> maybe six months I worked there. Like, I think it really serving moved. In general. Serving, serving is wild. It is a wild, yeah, it's a wild place, or thing to do to make money. But I think also like, um, within like performing, uh, I got frustrated with performing that much and like having that be like my a main source of income because then I felt like I didn't have any more like juice to give like my creative endeavors in music. Like I wasn't like writing. I wasn't, you know, cause I'm like so tired of like music and hearing it and like, you know, singing and I don't know. So that was like frustrating too. And I feel like that's why I didn't get into writing much at that time, like for a couple of years when I, first moved here so yeah so what, was, what was like the switch that you know that made you kind of decide like I really want to go more in for myself and start to yeah. fulfill my own like artistic mind and everything that I'm trying to do as an artist as a singer and everything yeah um so I actually got um casted for a tv show in like 2021 um, I don't know if I'm like legally allowed to say anymore, but it rhymes with the Doyce. Okay. And oh. um, so I went to LA, I made it to the blind auditions and I went to LA and I was there for like a month. And prior to this, I was like, was when I was like gigging all the time and working with my old band and um, getting burnt out. And then I had like this big opportunity and I moved out of my house and I like basically saw it as like a way out essentially. And I was like, this is going to fix all my problems. Like, bye y'all. See you <laughs> never. Um, and I got there and I was like thrown into something that I have never experienced before, which was like, I think one of the biggest, like most pivotal moments of my like adult life in music where I was like, okay, I'm around all these people that have the same dream as me. And I've never, like relatively same dream as me. And I've never like been around that many people because yeah. like where I'm from people don't pursue like a life in the public or like a life in art. Usually um, there's like a lot of dental hygienists where I come from, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so, and which is great too. I wish I could just be a dental hygienist and be fine with it, but there's something else in the mind that like, just <laughs> makes you <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was there and I did the whole process and I like right before my audition got cut and got sent back to Iowa. So I never got the chance to actually audition, um, which at the time was like one of the biggest like no's I had ever been told. Um, Cause I think I was pretty lucky previous to that to be like told yes, because I wasn't really in a big pool of people. Um, and they didn't tell me why I got cut, but um 
I like at that point, when I came back to Iowa, I was like, well, now I don't have anywhere to live. And my car had broken down and my phone also broke. It was like, everything was like happening to me. And it was just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it was not great. Um, but actually from there, I like, I ended up moving in with this girl who I didn't know at the time, who was like a mutual friend. Um, and who is like, she's now my best friend. Her name is Jazz. And she actually wrote the interludes on my album. And she's a great writer. And she just like let me move in and didn't know me. And it was definitely like a fate kind of thing. Um, but from there, it was like, okay. Life was like, hey, girl. Um, so it's not enough to just be a good singer um, or even to be a great singer at this point. Like in the world that we live in, it's not like, I, I mean, I grew up watching American Idol and seeing people like get big off of American Idol and like because there was not, nothing like that happening at the time and there wasn't like that type of instant fame happening. But now it's like way more common with like the Internet and whatever the hell. Um, but like it's not enough at this point to just be good at singing. Like I saw firsthand like lots of people I met on the show and end on the show like continue to be on the show and then um like go back to their old lives you know what I mean like it's not um it's just not enough and so at that point I was like well okay I think that if I want to if I want this enough like I have to have something to say and I have to be different and I have to have a look and I have to be a performer and it has to be a whole thing like I have to basically put my entire butt cheek both butt cheeks into this you know um so that, I think that was like my big moment. And then from there, I realized that I wanted to like get pursue writing more. So then I like actually started putting together Dive Bar from that point. So. And, you know, and we'll get into Dive Bar, but I wanted to ask you, you know, yeah. you were saying kind of talking about telling, you know, kind of a story. And that's pretty much the premise of like my whole entire, like if you had to kind of in, in a short kind of yeah. How would you describe your story? You know, like I think a lot of songwriting comes from the heart and it comes from mm -hmm. explaining your know, feelings, whether it's, you know, disappointment or love or heartbreak or any of these kind of things. Like, yeah. where do you think get you gather the most from your story? And how do you think that's written into kind of, you know, and we'll talk about it, but like dive bar, some of those kind of things. How do you think your story you want to project onto others? So I think that um, a lot of my life has been, uh, I've always been a very imaginative, imaginative person. And I've always had a huge imagination and was from, since I was a kid, I was pretty shy as a kid. And so I was really like, um, always in my own little world, essentially writing songs, coming up with stories. I was always exaggerating things also as a child. Um, and I was very dramatic. And so I also grew up as a dancer and dance was like a huge part of my life from when I started, when I was like four through high school. Um, and I think through dance, I discovered my love for music a little bit because of how like much they play a part, yeah. um, how much they uh, impact each other. And like, I don't know, I think like the ability to create another world and to create like write another story that is completely separate from the one that you know about yourself and to like rewrite it or like 
you know, like just, just something else to think about even is like just such a cool ability that we have as human beings. And it's like such a huge part of art is like, like films and, you know, all that, all that type of stuff is like life sucks sometimes, but you have the ability to create anything out of it. You know, and I think that was like something that I realized from a young age that I want to implement into my music and to like give people a chance to like go somewhere else for a little bit, you know, because there's a lot of things that you can't change about your life, but you can change like your mindset and your, um, I don't know, just like your perception of things. And I think that's, it's cool to give people another, uh, perspective on things. So, yeah, I get that. I think it's like those moments and you, you know, you mentioned film, you mentioned music and it's like those, those moments in life where you feel like, you know, for example, your car broke down, you know, the phone, all these kind of things. What do you do? You, you know, most of the time it's like, obviously you're like, okay, I got to think about what's next. I got to take my next moves and stuff, but I'm going to listen to some music. I'm going to watch a movie. I'm going to check out some of these kind of things. I want to get lost into another world. And as artists, as you know, you as an artist, Mm -hmm. I think it's cool that, you know, think about like somebody could be listening to your music and being like, yeah. wow, I'm just away. I'm just right. like, you know, in my own head, just doing stuff like yeah. me personally, I got to put the headphones on, you know, yeah. like full like, car ride, go through this. Right. Like, even oh, yesterday, yeah. You know, I drove through like, uh, just drove around town. It was just like listening to music for like 40 minutes. And like, it's yeah. honestly some of the best, like those mm-hmm. moments, you know, that happen and stuff, but like creating that is got, it's got to feel do you do you recognize the work that and the work that you put out so when you're finished like yeah finish for example dive bar yeah and you you finish the body work you look at everything everything's mastered everything's done you get it out you put it out do you look at it and it's like wow this could this is my body of work and maybe it will impact somebody's life or do you just look at it as like all right i just put it out hope for the best fingers crossed kind of thing um i think I think the first one, because I am someone who like has been so impacted by other people's music and like, because that is music has been such a healing thing for me, like consuming other artists music. And it's been like such a huge source of comfort for me my entire life. I think I do think about like the impact that what I put out could have on people. And that's like an important part of why I make music and, um, like Die Bar, the song was a lot about like loneliness. And uh, I think that's like, a, I mean, there's several emotions that we all feel like all of them. Um, it's just like so relatable. And I don't know if you can make anybody feel like a little bit less alone just because of like my vocal cords. Like I don't know. It's just such a crazy ability, like to be able to give people up somewhere that they belong. You know what I mean? Even if it's like not technically real or like, I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting. I had like a guy come up to me actually, like, I think I maybe wrote the song dive bar right after this happened. It was at the yacht club where I used to play all the time. Um, this guy came up to me and he was like a regular at our shows and I had seen him pretty often. And he was always kind of like dancing and he was kind of like kind of an odd guy, but he was always really nice. And he came up to me and like, Oh God, I'm going to cry just thinking about it. He was like, thank you for singing. And I'm like, you know, of course. And he's like, um, when I come here and listen to you sing, I feel less alone. 
And it like, oh my God, like, I just want to cry. And I, I remember just being like, this is why I do this. And I think I'm sure like that night I I was like really burnt out and like, just like over it, not thinking about what I'm even doing, you know? And like, just like little moments like that, where people message me and they're like, Hey, this really helped me. Or, you know, even if it's like a fun song that makes people like happier, you know, it's just like, like just such a cool thing. It's one of the most special things. And in my life, I, I believe, you know, like that's, damn, that's a lot. That's, uh, you know, thinking about like those moments that can change and like you said, putting something on and being able to be like, you know, just lost in another world, but like the feeling is that something which, and we can get into dive bar too. So you mentioned like the thought of like loneliness and like some of those kind of things impacting like that album. Yeah. We've all been alone, you know, like there's been moments where it's like, whether it is just like, you know, everybody's got their own kind of like story within their life, whether it's family, whether it's love, whether it's, you know, some of these moments and there's, there's always a point in time where you could just feel like, even if a bunch of people are surrounding you, you're still alone. Yeah. And those, is that something that can, you feel like maybe through the album, is that through singing where like you're even performing and you still feel like it's just you there? Yeah. I think, yeah, that's a huge uh, thing that I have felt um, and a big part of Die Bar was like feeling alone in a crowded room kind of vibe. Sorry to say the word vibe. I hate that word. I try not to say it, but it's okay. Um, you know, it's really about- vibey. It's fine. We're vibing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, especially like feeling alone in a crowded room. Um, and also, I think like feeling like... Um, like people say that they like, like love my music and that they love me. And like, it means a lot to me. And I, and it, I love, and I love that people tell me that because obviously that's like the nicest thing you can ever say, you know? Um, and then going home and being like, who am I? Like, what, what am I doing? Like, who is that person on the stage? I don't know her. Um, I am this person and I'm alone now with my own thoughts and I don't really like this version of me. Um, and I think, at the time I was like, it was my first time ever living alone. I had gotten my own apartment after that. And I had never lived by myself before. And it was like, I mean, I had to really learn how to like live by myself and not feel extremely isolated. Um, which was a really great experience. It turned out to be, but it was pretty hard at first. And I think I was really struggling with that. Um, and just feeling, yeah, like, I guess, it's easy to feel like nobody, like nobody understands me not to be like that, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's rare, I guess, to find people that really are on the same wavelength as you. And I think, uh, I don't know. It's very common to feel alone. So. Oh, it's those moments where, and I trust her. I get that with the, uh, like living in an apartment for yourself, kind of the first time it's like, you get there and you're Mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm all unpacked and stuff. And it's like, now what? I know find yourself at least me I was like I found myself like scheduling uh friends on this day we're hanging out and the next right. day with you yeah. and then it gets to that point where you're just like all right now that's enough and like let me right. like, get back because those moments where <clears throat> you know nothing else is going on there's no work there's no fun there's nothing and you're just laying in bed at night and you're just alone with your own thoughts it's like that's where you really get into the deep stuff and that's where you really figure out yourself yep 
Yeah, like your shadow side, like the stuff you don't really like about yourself that you can avoid around people. And like the stuff that comes out when no one's looking is like, oof, that's not the fun part. But you come out of it, like I always feel, I look at sometimes like it is a really weird, like where I'm going to go with this, but it will make sense. But like sometimes it's like, you know, when snakes like shed yeah like stuff like I feel like that's what humans do and that's what people do like you have this large chunk of your life and whether that would be like for you maybe for example it's like that that tiring you know touring days and all this kind of stuff and going around and and then the Perkins days and the you know all this kind of stuff and just going on the journey of feeling like you know at least for me I'm just speaking on myself kind of it's like you go through all this stuff and you're like, wow, am I really doing the right thing? Am I making the right moves? Should I just go and go to this little other thing that, you know, that is the safe choice and this is a safe bet and stuff. And am I okay with how I'm feeling as a person? Am I okay with these kind of things that I do? Am I like worth it in a way, you know, and it gets to that point where you're like, there's that switch that happens and you're like, okay, this is, I'm shedding that skin. This is a new me. This is a new life and everything. Do you feel since kind of getting away from kind of those and performing more of your own stuff and getting into actually dropping, you know, a a project in a full length and everything, what has life like been for you since, since being able to put that out to you? Oh man, I definitely feel like I have shed my skin in a lot of ways. Um, Like it, like transformation is a huge, like, I don't know. I, I have thought about it so much and throughout my life. And like, um, I feel so different from my, from like my past versions of myself. I just feel like, um, like putting out that project was, uh, kind of like a gateway to like realizing how much it means to me to write and how much I want to be an artist and like how much I really have to say. Um, and I think it's also been like, uh, I mean, it has been like received really well. I think like people really liked dive bar. Um, and so that was like a, a pretty big like sign to me as well, where it's like, okay, this is, seems like people don't hate it. So maybe I could keep doing it's this. Going, it's going a little bit. <laughs> I think it's working maybe. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just been such a, I don't know, so transformative. And I think, uh, I have the word transform tattooed on me because it's like such an important, I have a snake tattoo and it's the whole thing. So that's so interesting that you brought that up. Um, cause yeah, I just feel like I have shed my skin so many times and I have so many more times to go, you know, and it's like just a never ending process of like becoming a newer version of you and like losing the fear that you hold on to and like all the shame that was given to you and like just becoming more free basically um which is like I definitely have never felt more free about music in my life and so it's just like such a great feeling and I'm super happy about it that's wonderful it's great to like really I think once you get to that point of like art artistic freedom and yeah. being able to just express how you want to express you don't have to listen to anything yeah. you don't have to listen to that right. and especially being like independent you know yeah yes. be like, okay I don't have to listen to this I don't have to listen to this right. like I can just produce what I want to produce and like right. I don't have to it's mm-hmm. it's, a, it's really cool to, one thing that I did 
uh, like though that I wanted to mention was yeah. uh, uh, the uh, video for movie. Yeah, the goodwill shot. I really resonated with me. And oh, you felt it. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I get that. Like, I've picked up some weird stuff. Up. <laughs> I've picked up some weird stuff from like you know, and like I, I've always kind of actually wanted to do that. Sometimes, like you yeah. know, I, I think once, and I, I ended up like I think I tried to find who who the family was or whatever, but like people yeah. don't like the weirdest stuff. I found a VHS yeah. tape of like a like a seven year old's birthday party. Oh and my god! Like, so I put it in, and I'm like, yeah. this is how your house gets haunted and stuff. But I was just like, whatever. I was like, we'll just go right. for it, yeah. whatever. So. I put it yeah. on and I was like, yeah, I was like, I forgot the kid's name, but it, it it's that's, weird. It, it's beautiful to see. But yeah. like, I was thinking back to like, that's what made it, you know, that's what um, that video made me think about and stuff. Yeah. But it's like projecting. First of all, I, I had a couple questions with that. I was like, one, yeah. workers, like what is going on right here? Like, we're <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't think anybody really knows. I think we were trying to be pretty low key about it. Yeah. And there was quite a few people in there. So Nobody was really like questioning. Also, like I'm a regular there now, yeah. I so they were just like, "Oh, that weird bitch is here." <laughs> you know? She's here. She's gonna buy the weirdest thing in the place. Because oh my god, I love weird stuff. Like just picking up. It's like your go-to. Like so, if you're going thrifting, where are you going yeah. first? First of all, you're going to clothes. Or are you going to like the small section? Are you like what's? Okay. So I usually go for clothes first. I usually go to like the dresses because mm -hmm. I usually look for like stage stuff first. Um, and then I usually, well, I look at every single thing, like I'm going to be in there for hours, but, um, I love like little tiny tchotchkes and like, like random little weird shit. I just like, oh, I want everything. And I also like, I love DVDs. Oh. <laughs> so that was another reason that the movie thing happened because I have like a, a TV with a DVD player. So I always buy DVDs and my friends think I'm insane, but it's something about putting a DVD in, you know what I mean? Like, something about it. I really no. I so I have a record player. I have a cassette, I have a boombox. I okay. have. I still have the combo TV VHS. Oh my gosh! So like, I've been looking for one of those. Oh, they're so hard. If I found it at a a flea market on the south side, but oh, like shit. it was like fifteen bucks, I think, and I was like, yeah, I need that because yeah. then I just started grabbing old movies. But then even like you know, like I have. I used to have, I don't know if I still, I'll check my basement, but like a um, bunch of Goosebumps tapes. Oh my like, God. Just random crap like that. I'll just like put in and just like have in the yeah. background. And it's just. Oh, the nostalgia is like, yeah. oh, I, yeah, I've been looking for one of those. Oh, I'm going to have to look harder. You inspired me. You got to. There's so much cool stuff out there. Like I, uh, one second, we keep the podcast going, but I want to show you this real quick. Yes, I want to see. <laughs> I have uh... This is probably by far one of the weirdest things I've found. It is a ketchup and mustard dispenser. And I don't know if you can see, but it says sauce de tomato. Oh, my goodness. It says lay mustard. I love that. <laughs> find that like that, a good will or something. You know, I have something right here that uh, this is um, I like like little statues and like little tiny things. I This is one thing about me, but it says casino queen on it. That's and she's awesome. like going to the casino she's got like her little chips and like i don't know it's like oh, so dumb i love that but i just love shit like that i don't know maybe i'll be a hoarder someday i would like the day i die i want it to be like 
an episode of hoarders and be like this guy yes. but it's all cool shit that's the thing right right they so better it's look not like i'm keeping bills or like random stuff like it's right. it's good stuff like you can make money right. off of my estate like right that's that's what i, I want the moment that there's like garbage going yeah. on is when it's like okay that's maybe not good but i think we're fine we're yeah. fine cool it's something about like and that's honestly you know tying you tying it back to the biz uh you know like the music kind of side yeah. of things it's like I do feel like a nostalgic feel when I do listen to your music. Like, I, I think it brings me back to like, especially like I collect records and all this kind of yeah. stuff into like kind of that era. And like, mm -hmm. I think it brings me back to like something that feels modern. Cause that's the other thing with yeah. jazz and stuff. It's like, you don't want it, at least in my opinion, it's like, you know, it's the greats of the past, but then also putting in your modern twist to it. And I think yeah. it's a good, it's a good mix. You know, when I was listening yeah. through everything, like, it gave me the touch of like, you know, the modern with like the old school feel feeling like I am in a diet, like you, you, yeah. it accomplished that, like, you know, that kind of oh. side of things. Yeah. And I felt like smoking a cigarette. I don't smoke cigarettes, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, let me just go ahead and just get that I going. So, that. so like, that's, that's like, you know, some of those kind of moments and it's yeah. while telling the story too. And, you know, it's funny when you mentioned kind of like, you know, the side of like what one of the things you were trying to portray, because it's like, I feel that like, and yeah. the beautiful thing about music is like, everybody can have a different impact of like what it yes. what it feels to them, you know, yep. and like what it means. And I, I think the sense of like, like when I'm listening, it, it gives me more of like a, definitely the ambiance of like, okay, I'm in you know, obviously like a bar, like something low yeah. lit and kind of that kind of feel and everything. But it also makes you reflect on kind of, for me, like when I was listening, I, I do a lot of, um, I'm multi, like I need to do something uh, every yeah. single time and stuff. Like yeah. I can't mm -hmm. chill really. So like my chilling is like yeah. listening to a full album and cleaning or like, or yeah. I'll like, even like, I mean, I don't honestly get to play video games too often anymore, but like back mm -hmm. when I was playing video games and like old systems, I used to collect all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and so I'd listen to music while playing, like I'd have the volume on mute and like try to do that. But I was, the first time I listened to Dive Bar, I was cleaning okay. and I was mopping yeah. and I was like, felt like it was like in a weird, like kind of world where you're just like... Yeah spotlights kind of things like low yeah. stuff, but it makes you reflect because I, I was more thinking on the kind of the lines of like the the moments where and I I've, I don't know if you've had those moments but you're like walking down the street yeah at night you could mm -hmm. be coming back from the bar I, I don't know like some of those kind of moments and stuff but like the moment where the city stands still but then your head's still running like totally. that's where I was kind of at when I was listening to that and it, it brought me to a place of like uh, feeling kind of like reflective, but then also like thinking about kind of past stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Like time stops kind yeah. of, and you're like just in a different place. Yeah. That's so cool. That's really awesome that you felt that way about it. That's, I mean, definitely what I, I don't know if I was like thinking about that when I was making it. Um, but that is definitely really cool. I've had people, a few people tell me that it, you know, it created that environment for them. And that's like totally what I wanted. I wanted it to be like a sub submersive kind of immersive. Don't know which one I'm supposed to use there, but I wanted them to be in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, so that's really cool that you felt that way about it. And I think like to stem off of like the, um, 
sort of like go like listening to older music and like I don't know I I really love older music it's like obviously like a huge part of being a musician is listening and like I think studying jazz made me really appreciate the beauty and like the history of music and um I think without I wasn't thinking about it during dive bar um but I think like moving forward I'm like focusing on like a classic sound or like creating something that's like timeless like with I mean it's I feel like it's gonna have a modern twist no matter what because I'm recording it these these days but like I don't know there's just something so cool there's like several artists that are like that are out now that feel timeless and I think that's like something that I really want to move towards as an artist so that's cool to hear that I think making timeless music is a you the the stuff that stands the test of time you know what I mean yeah yeah that can relate to anybody at any era of any time like people could be driving floating cars in 40 years right yeah dive bar on or your next project or different literally when my when my grandchild's body is 99% microplastics (laughs) I want them to be jamming out to dive bar okay you know what I mean exactly (laughs) And I think too, like in our world, it's so not to be like, oh, these kids these days, but like, it's just so fast paced and like stuff comes, stuff comes, like stuff comes, stuff goes. And it's like, I don't know. I think it is something cool, like to be able to create something that maybe could test the, stand the test of time. I think that's like an important thing to pursue. Um, yeah. Oh, I feel that. And it's, it's really weird nowadays because like it is very quick with social media and like the way that yeah. we, the perception of others is very like if you see somebody post and you're like wow they're doing that then they're oh the next time they're doing this or they're doing right. this it's like you don't know kind of what's going on in their personal life but then even like yeah. to kids sense it's like my my nephew he uh yeah. got a phone he's 10 okay. and my sister got a phone because she was like oh i want him to be able to text if something happens right. or blah, blah, and stuff and so i was like all right and so uh, he got a phone and he uh, tried to download Snapchat and she's very big, like don't have social media, no, or whatever. So he's grounded and he got mm-hmm. grounded for like three days. So hopefully Jatano is cool or whatever. But like he, um, the funniest thing I was thinking about, I was like, what's yeah. he going to do for three days? I was like, you know, wow. even kids now, it's like very technology, very, you know, like online yeah. video games and all this kind of stuff. It was like, I feel like when, going outside till like yeah. the lights came on was such a, like oh a the kids back in the day and like yeah. now it's like we're at the point and so it's it's weird to think that like some of those moments with people and, the, and even the way that people listen to music you know like yeah. it's yeah. very you know put on stream it on spotify like streaming yeah. like you know think about yeah. 15 years ago people would have been like oh i need my physical cds i gotta hand those out right. everybody I- can across the world can listen to your music yes it's crazy like I remember getting like an Apple, like a gift card yeah. and being like, okay, I, every song is like 99 cents. So I can buy 10 <laughs> songs. Or like, you know what I mean? Like just thinking back to that is insane because of how um, like accessible everything is now, which I think is great. And like, there's so much more like knowledge about things. And I don't know, it is, there's good things, obviously. And there's bad things about it. But like, I, I worked in a daycare for a long time. And so I like have spent a lot of time around kids and just seeing like, 
Oh, I just feel like such a grouchy old lady sometimes, but it's like, like these kids, like, I don't know. It's just crazy. These kids yeah. these days. Like, like they, like, what is the iPad thing? I can't. Yeah. And like, sometimes, like I tried to watch, I was a kid's movie the other night. My roommate was like, let's watch like maybe the new Minions Despicable oh, Me movie or something, yeah, yeah. which like I can get down with Despicable Me, don't get me wrong, yeah. but like we put it on and I almost like had a mental breakdown. It was so overstimulating it's and I'm like like I feel like stuff is just so like designed now to hold our attention because like people's attention spans are way shorter and like I am a victim to TikTok yeah and, like it's I got seven seconds seven 15 seconds in me no. that's it. I'm swiping like I can't no, so that's have you seen the ones where it's like okay on top there's like the actual video and then on the bottom yeah. it's like subway surfers or something going on and stuff like it's the like oh, both things and it's like that's yeah. where attention spans are going to die because it's very like just yeah goes. like to to oh yeah no see it's just it's a lot and uh I think that is the hardest thing about the music industry now is like just how um quick stuff comes and goes which I it's probably always been that way but I think we're just like seeing it way more now with how much we see like the seeing people rise to fame because of one song and then they never hear from like from them again because they don't their next one isn't as good or people doesn't grab people's attention or whatever it's just like so interesting um uh, it's interesting with that about music too is like very like the one hit wonders but then also like the one i hear it a lot with like there's a few new artists that i hear it about like like uh gosh who just put an album SZA. yeah so yeah. like her first album, like her first studio album, I should say, but like Control, everybody was yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. All this cool stuff. And it's like, yeah. where do you go from there? And that's oh, got to yeah. be, on the flip side, as an artist, it's got to be scary to be like, okay, I put this out. I've gotten great reception. Now, yeah. what's the right. next thing? Is that something yeah. you got or you just try to like push forward and be like, right, I'm just trying to portray my story? Yeah, I I think um, I think because Dive Bar was so short, I'm not really feeling that way going into my next project. Um, and just because Dive Bar was like the first thing I put out, really. Um, I don't think I have put out my best work by any means. Um, so I, I think that's probably something that I will face like in the future. Like that fear of being like, will it get better? Will it get worse? Should I just give up now? Or I don't know. But I think it is like, uh, I definitely focused when making Dive Bar like about it being for me. And about like what I like and what makes me happy or what I would want to listen to. And so I think that's what I'm trying to focus on because otherwise it's like, oh my God, like thinking about what other people are going to like is like, I feel like such a dead end, like within making can't art. Everybody. No, can't you please. can't. And like, there are some people with bad taste out there. Most <laughs> people, most freaking people have horrible taste. And like, I have horrible taste in lots of things. Like I don't know anything about food I don't know much about fashion you know like so everybody's got your their own it's your own liking of certain things you yeah. know too. the only time yeah. though like I'll hear gosh there was somebody because I, I did have I sold a, a good chunk of my records but I still have a lot too but there was a record yeah. that I had a few and it was yeah. like this person uh one of my friends came over and they were like oh um I don't like the Beatles. I don't like Prince. I don't like Frank Ocean. I don't like, like there was a, it was a good chunk of like, 
I was like, gosh, you're just like attacking me here. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, are you okay? Then, then I go back to, I was like, oh, who do you like? And and no offense yeah. to that artist. Right, right. But it's just yeah. like, she's like, oh, like, uh, it was like Dua Lipa and then like very like pop heavy. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. cool. I was like, but you have right. to know that maybe some of those artists like are influenced by this. I was like, if you hear it, it's there. So. Uh, right. I think it's like a, yeah, there's a certain, I don't think that I like, necessarily dislike any artist you know right. what I mean like I feel like you can appreciate something about every artist and if you're saying that you don't like or like even hate an artist it's like so what 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 in them are you jealous of yeah. or like you know what I mean I think there's just so much like underneath that where it's like that person is doing something that makes you uncomfortable because of another reason or like you know I don't what's know what's going on talk to you like there's always something deeper and yeah. so that's what I have to remind myself of too is like I luckily have not experienced much hate yeah. as of now but it's like that people just get ripped to shreds on the internet and it's yeah. like you can't even worry about that because it's just like people are gonna oh. say it from their house and like people are you know. sad inside oh, yeah. people are yeah. sad and they hate themselves and like I experience that every day as a server where it's like okay this person this had nothing to do with me this was actually they just need someone uh, to project onto exactly it's just like i really hope this was a therapeutic experience for you yeah yeah you know hopefully next yes. time we have a better time you know kind of thing. i'll be your punching bag if you need you could go to therapy <laughs> but i can also yeah. you can take it out on the idea the there's there's some there's therapist over here but no. yeah uh, i think yeah i think realizing that people are going to have their opinion no matter what you do is like really important in like breaking free of what people think of you too. That's such a big part as an artist too, is like, man, just if you're standing up there thinking about what everyone thinks about you, you're just going to have a horrible time. I have discovered, cause that's what I did for a long time. But you like looking at every single person's reactions, oh, yeah. how you're going and stuff. What do you think now? <laughs> what about this? What if I do this? Like, like this one, I'm like tap dancing. Yeah. I mean, you can do anything and people might still not like it. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy thick skin. That's all you can really, you know. Really. Yeah. So, speaking of performing, I wanted to ask a couple questions into that because you have been able to visit a lot of great places here yeah. um, in the city and stuff. What's some of your favorite places to perform right now? Ooh, so I love the Yacht Club. I mention it all the time. Um, that's where I started singing really in Des Moines and it's just like, it's a small place. It's, uh, the sound isn't, there's nothing special about what's going on sound wise there or, but it's just like such a, the people that come to watch music at the yacht club are, is such a special group of people and such a supportive, um, like loving group of people. And, uh, they like received me in such a beautiful way. And it, I just love singing there. It's just, is like very, uh, almost nostalgic to me at this point because of what, how long I've been doing it, but which is not that long and whatever, but, um, so I love the yacht club. I really like, um, I've performed at Woolies a few times. I like Woolies a lot. They have a great sound system there, which is like, is nice to like be able to hear yourself. Um, every now and then, like, it's it doesn't like a have lot to be of places now. probably you're, you're, you're getting some yeah. reverb like, <laughs> Yeah, just guessing about what is happening with myself. Um, I I do like Woolies a lot. I think it's, I mean, it's like, 
not attainable for all artists. I, I think that's the bummer is that there's not a ton of places anymore for they keep closing. <laughs> I know. And now the gas lamp too. It's like, Oh, I was bummed about that. I used to live like right down the street. I used to live above funky fine. So like I used to live oh, like cool. right walk over yeah. there and stuff. And so I yeah. that's such a bummer. And like, especially after like vaudeville muse, yeah. then gas lamp was like the closest thing to like a place where artists who aren't super, like don't have a huge following can kind of get into it. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It kind of sucks, but um, yeah, I guess the yacht club is definitely my fave. I've done Noche a few times. I like Noche. Um, it's I'm not Noche, yeah, I've been wanting to go. So he, he works at the picker, but Tanner, Tanner Taylor. Tanner, yes. I yeah. love Tanner. Yeah. He's Tanner cool. awesome. He's still, I played with him one time. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually it was so funny because um, it was maybe a in like October, November of last year. And I hadn't seen him in a super long time. And we had never seen each other with our masks off. Oh. So like, he didn't recognize me, but I knew it was him, but you know how he's kind of like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just such a funny guy. But I was like, Tanner, like we used to work together at the Picker Nose. And he was like, what? Like, he, he could not believe it. That's and funny. I played with him and his band um, for one show. We did a couple songs and. Uh, it was so fun. He's so talented. Oh, yeah, he's great. But it's such a small world. It is. It yeah, is. he's a good. It's uh, I think like a lot of those places, and it, it is sad to see them close. I, XBK, have you been there yet? Yeah, I've I've performed at XBK a few times. Um, I've, I like that place. I've never been. I wanted to go to a show like there. It seems like walking past. It seemed really yeah. small, so I didn't yeah. know what could fit and like. Yeah. But I have been wanting to kind of check it out. I do hope that whether it is Woolies, whether it is because like I know Sam's doing Valair, which could be yes. fun. Like that is exciting. Yeah. I think that could be really, really cool to have that again would be really beneficial. Yeah, because I think XBK is gonna fill the whole of Vaudeville Muse. It, it's definitely like nicer than but it, i mean everything fun. pretty much was but that yeah. vaudeville wasn't great because it was nice you know um but i do like xbk a lot i think uh that's like the best room to perform in des moines besides woolies at this point that's like strictly music not just a bar um so yeah hopefully hopefully valair is i know it's gonna be coming soon i mean it would be yeah they've been doing some cool stuff with it. So I'm hoping uh, yeah. it will kind of get all done. We'll get some nice, you know, artists from here, but then also like some, I think it'd be cool to have the mesh of the two, like, you know, some bigger, some bigger artists, you know, uh, more recognized, I guess, in the, in the nation. Like I know we just had Jack White come, which would have been really yeah. cool. Too. Oh I my gosh. I, know. That, but, I'm jealous. Um, I don't know anybody who went, I've been trying to find someone because <laughs> there, yeah. there's no phones. So I was like, I really want to, which is so cool. I know. I would I, love. I was serving that night, I remember. And I used to work at Gilroy's. I don't know if you've been there. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. um, which is like pretty close to Valair. So like um, there was a ton of people that came before the show. And like it was so cool to see. Like it was just such a certain demographic of people that were like <laughs> there. Because it's like everybody's got dark hair. And it's just yep. a bunch of pale bitches. And like I love it because that's me also. But like uh, it was so cool to see like how like his following 
because all these people were like, oh, I'm from like Wisconsin. I'm from LA. Like people fo- like follow him and go to his shows. And it's just so cool because he's not like, I mean, he's a huge artist, but like still playing places like that. And yeah, like he's having, not like, yeah, he's not going full stadium to like, and that's, I think that's better. Yeah. I, I prefer, and I was actually going to ask you that too. Like, do you prefer a small intimate show or even like either performing or going? Like I went yeah. to Lala, for instance, a couple of years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was a lot. Like it was, it was fun. Don't get me wrong, it was a blast. But like I was fourth row for Tyler the Creator. Oh, and, hell yeah. And it was great. It was amazing. Yeah. But like in the crowd of like 10,000 people, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is versus a small intimate concert of something right. like that. Like, I think depending on if it's my favorite artist, I would really like like a, a an unplugged performance, you know? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. I think there's like cool aspects to about both definitely um I also prefer like more of an unplugged kind of more intimate type of thing just because also then it's like I mean I don't know if I'm like necessarily at the point as an artist yet where I'm like selling out rooms of people that specifically came to watch me yeah so it's kind of like uh I'm just kind of I don't know it would it would be really cool to have like an intimate performance where I can like talk about what the song means to me or like you know there's like certain things about some performances that are like on in those big festival settings where it's like this is like for a party environment and this is for like all of us to have a good time and like get drunk yeah and it's not exactly like about the music experience about the experience altogether yes exactly which can be beautiful too um so i mean i'll perform for i'll perform for anybody i'll perform for myself in my house so (laughs) either way it's gonna happen but but somebody's hearing something right right i went to uh I saw Alanis Morissette at the fair last year. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was awesome. Me and my friend were like super close to the front and it was like I love her and she's a huge influence of mine and it was I'm just sobbing the whole time and you know, but like there were so many people around us that were just like so drunk and like kind of like not making the experience as great because like you know that's people don't always go to a show because they care so much about the music. And I I forget that because it's so important to me, but it's like, I also want to just like give the people a good time. So whatever, you know, like it's a both because it's like, yeah, I get it. You know, have your fun drinks and stuff. A lot of, honestly, a lot of the times when I go to concerts, I don't, um, I take probably like one photo and put it away and just really try to experience it. I don't want to live it through like the screen. I'm more like, let me be a part of it. And then I honestly don't drink too much either. Or like yeah. things I'm very like, I just really want to like kind of see it. Maybe have like, uh, there's been some spots where it's like sit down. It's like, you know, a glass of wine or something or right. like one beer. And I'm just like, all right, here we are. Yeah. We're this like, right. um, but besides, I mean, Lala, Lala was, that's the other thing is like a lot of venues yeah. are like the cost of alcohol is just crazy. So it's so expensive. Yeah. I don't think I'm like a festival girly. I mean, like performance wise, I'm down, but like, I just don't. Oh. think I vibe with that many people all was it and Ooh. it was the first one after COVID and I was like man oh, this shit. yeah I was like, this was, it was scary it was definitely like back to like the social media thing I was like nah I'm yeah. but funny enough I went from Lala uh so Lala I only went one day it was Saturday to go see Tyler and um social nice. oranges and I saw Giveon yeah and, you know that you know those artists but then went home didn't even sleep then went and drove with my friend to Omaha to go to the Maha Festival to go see Thundercat oh. and oh, uh, Rugabin. Damn. And it, was, it was probably like one of my f- 
favorite like musical like kind of you know yeah. weekends and stuff it was it was a lot oh, of fun cool. oh my gosh that's awesome I love that speaking of festivals I mean yes. we've got 8035 coming up and uh yeah. and you are on the ticket to perform there how how does that happen I've always wondered kind of with 8035 and stuff but like also I I didn't have you perform at 8035 before um, I was there last year on Be Well Set. I did a couple of oh, my okay. own songs and then we did a couple like of our shared tunes, but I, I've never played there like under my own name. So How this is a feel to go and be able to be like under your own name and, that, you know, just performing. Yeah. It's big. I'm really excited. It's like a really cool because I don't feel the pressure to um, play covers just to make people happy or, you know, like I feel like it's like a a setting where I can really like be myself as an artist and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do and show people kind of like what I can bring to the table. Um, so I'm super excited and I, I haven't really like, because I've been doing like longer sets with jazz players and, um, like I haven't really been able to like focus on like what my performance style is. And, um, I think like a big part of it, I don't know. I, I just like, I'm really excited to like sit down and be like, okay, this is exactly the set list. And these are the filler parts. And these are, you know, like work through the whole thing. Like I grew up dancing. So it's like, okay, we're going to run through the set. We're going to like literally block everything. And I don't know, it's just a really fun thing that I want to do more in the future. So I'm excited to be able to do that. Um, and I think I'm like Saturday night, like pretty like oh, maybe or the last artist on Saturday night. I'm not main stage, which obviously, um, but so cool like a big spot. And I'm yeah. really excited. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be really cool too, to like, I'm still obviously going to be playing like with jazz players and have more soloing happening. And like, I don't know, just kind of a different type of set. Maybe, I don't know. It's, it's just really fun to think about and like the costuming and how everything looks on stage and having like background singers, hopefully. And, Oh, I just have so many ideas. I just want to do them all. But you got, you got a little bit of time. It's happening. What? Uh, what is it this year? August? No, July. July. Yeah, I think July four fifteen. I should know that. July seventeenth. I think it maybe is earlier in July. Oh man, but maybe not. Could be wrong. Let's let let's promote this right. Let's look at. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. July seventh and eighth. July seventh and eighth. Okay. There we go. I was. <laughs> Yeah, it was perfect. Close. Well, because I know it's near my, my birthday is July nineteenth, so I was like, okay, well, it's near somewhere. There you go. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited um, about that. It's gonna be really fun. I have a couple other things going on this summer as well, like festival wise. I don't think I'm allowed to like say anything yet because they haven't announced. Okay. Um, but that's kind of where I'm focusing my energy this summer is like sets of only my music and. Um, hopefully to like build up to like a tour next year after like my next album. And yeah, just kind of like be, I want to do the stuff and be an yeah. artist. And do the artist thing, you know, do the artist thing. Yeah. I yeah. have uh, one of my, uh, somebody I know, Sam, he's in, he's in a band, uh, dose. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of dose. <laughs> so I have. Like, yeah. They, uh, they did 8035 last year. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, but they tour a lot. And like, I've always asked him, it's like, Cause they go and a lot of venues don't pay like a bunch either. And so, especially yeah. punk bands and stuff. So like they're, they literally right. like, do Southwest tours and this and that. And I'm just like, tour life's gotta be fun, but it's also like, yeah. 
it's Oof. definitely I'm sure a lot so different, different type of life yeah I uh I'm excited to hear kind of see what's next for you and everything uh to wrap things up first of all appreciate you for coming on thank you so much uh, yeah it what would you if you kind of feel like if you could wrap up in a in a few words mm-hmm. if you could explain to somebody about kind of taking a leap in life whether it is you know going out to become an artist going to do what it is that you love in life mm-hmm. um what would that be you know taking a leap in life and betting on yourself how would you explain that to somebody that's maybe uh, conflicted on what to do. Yeah. I think, um, I really like this question because I think about this all the time and like betting on something is like just an interesting concept. And I like, feel like I've been writing about it quite a bit as well. Um, I think like betting on yourself is like, as an artist is like one of the most important parts of being an artist. And like, it just, comes from like believing in yourself and like being okay with like the results of the bet. Like, okay. It doesn't matter if it flops, if I love it, does it matter if I, and if I have success, like that's great too. But like creating the art was enough to make the bet. You know what I mean? And I think like also like having the confidence to even like make the bet in the first place is like the biggest part. And I think there's like two kind of like in my head, I see confidence in like two parts where it's like, you know, like within personal confidence, not even like talking about who I am as an artist, but like, there's like kind of like delusional confidence and there's like, um, like calculated confidence. And like, I feel like it's important to have both in some ways where it's like your calculated confidence is like, okay, you, your acceptance of who you are and what you have to offer and your skill set and like meeting yourself where you're at and like then building upon that and elevating that. And then there's like the delusional part, which is like ego where it's like, Hey, what if you were on the Grammy? It's like, fuck it. You know, like if other people can do that, why yeah. am I any different? You know, and kind of like combining those two and somehow trying to be humble at the same time. You know what I mean? Because it's like, Yes. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to think about, but it's also like, I think just being willing to like go for it is like the most I have learned is really important because it's like people can tell when you're half-assing stuff. And uh, I think some of, so many of the greatest artists of all time, like if you learn about their stories, like they're, they were winging it and they went for it and they moved somewhere with no money and they put out something that nobody liked or, you know what I mean? Like there's just so many examples of artists like betting on themselves and it's so inspiring because everybody's just a person at the end of the day and like I don't know it's it's interesting I I think that's a really cool concept that's really important to think about I like that I think it's it comes down to like why not you know yeah why can't it be what else do this exactly everybody started from this or that, like, you know, and some people don't make it until they're 40. Some people make it when they're 13. It really just depends. So it's just like, why not? Like start somewhere. Like I actually had a, um, a big, another big turning point that I, I guess I forgot to mention was like, when I came back from LA, I went to a, a metaphysical, a metaphysical shop and I'm like into that type of shit. And, uh, 
I went in and there was a girl who was like reading tarot, um, for like, she, she was like $10. I'll do like a couple cards, whatever. And she pulled a couple cards for me. And like, it was just like such a, she like actually read me for filth where she was like, uh, you like, you're never going to get anywhere if you don't start. And that was like something that kept me from starting was because I was so concerned about like the final product and like where I'm going to end up. And it's like, I think, um, not being scared to be seen trying is like such a huge part of being an artist too, where it's like, not everybody's Beyonce yet. Even Beyonce wasn't even Beyonce. You know what I mean? Like she had to work so hard to become who she is. And like, I don't know. I think it's like, there's a sense of perfection that is like unattainable that people are, and me included have like been looking for. And it's like, that's not what like the beauty of it is. It's not like some polished person that you can't touch. It's like the, the flaws that people relate to and the rawness. So yeah. Anyway. I like that. Yeah. That's good. I don't even know what you said. <laughs> I get it. I think, you know, throughout this, throughout this episode, like and the reason yeah. why I love doing this is like, there's just little gems people drop, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like somebody, yeah. like you said, it's for me, it's always if one person listens yeah. and they're like, wow, this is a, if right. one person, like I'm going to start this now because of this. So yeah. thank yeah. you for, you know, thank you for being on and your time and everything. Um, where can people follow you? Where can they listen you know, to anything? Just plug, go plug away. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram, um, Annie Kemble. And I think, I don't think I do. I don't have a Twitter anymore. I, so also Facebook, you can find me. I think I'm also so horrible at social media stuff. I have to like force myself to do it. Um, I have TikTok. Unfortunately, you can find me on there. Meatball mommy. And that is a different, that's a different person from who I actually am. And I yeah. don't know, but you can look at my shit on there if you want. Um, all my music is on <clears throat> Spotify, Apple music, um, Pandora, whatever the fuck Amazon you use. Um, so yeah, dive bar is on there. And I think I have old stuff on my SoundCloud. If you want to really know who I am, there's some really bad shit on there. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. I'm going to stop it right here, wherever the recording button was just at. Oh, there we go. All right, you guys, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. And I want to thank Andy for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, honestly, one big takeaway I had from this episode is just trusting yourself and knowing what you want. Um, one thing that I really understood um, when talking with Annie is she knows, you know, she's a singer. She knows she's a songwriter. She knows kind of what she wants with that. And then it's just very tweaking on not making sure that we're always putting down ourselves as artists, as creatives, as anybody. Um, we're very self-critical and stuff, but just knowing what you want and honestly just going for it. That's the biggest takeaway that I've had. Um, and then knowing those roadblocks in life, whether it was, you know, you're going to audition for something, you go get sent back home, your car breaks down, this happens, that happens. Instead of letting it define you, what are you going to do? Uh, what lesson are you going to learn from it? And that's really uh, what I've kind of tried to live my life by as well. It's just if these things happen, what are you going to do? What are you going to learn from it? Um, so thank you guys so much. Thank you for uh, to Annie for having this great conversation. You guys, this is just the start. Season four is on the way. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Watch Phoenix. Uh, you can follow anything Rise Again, you know, related on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Rise Again Create. 
Uh, one big plug that's about to happen. Um, as you guys know, I make vintage content as well. Tonight, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, follow at Rise Again Vintage. I'll be going live on there with the homies, Charles and Tony. Uh, we do a big vintage battle kind of series where people put up um, t-shirts against t-shirts, vintage against vintage, and then you guys get a chance to vote. Um, we're doing this on Instagram Live, 7 p.m. After that video or after that live, then you guys get to vote on my Instagram. So if you're into that, go check it out. Um, if not, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.